Five-hour tea with caffeine from green tea leaves. It's delicious, energizing, and comes in three amazing flavors. With zero sugar and four calories, it fits your life. With its compact size and portability, it goes where you go. To the campsite, the hiking trail, the beach, without weighing you down. Five-hour tea. Caffeine from green tea leaves. Release your natural sight. From the makers of Five Hour Energy. For more information, visit fivehourenergy.com. Back chat with Maria McCann. He was dancing away. Next when he looked around, everybody was gone. He was there like I just picked up the microphone and Well he did ask for it. For maybe eight pounds, you could buy a German import mega maxi CD and it could be the same song with 12 remixes. Now nylon could be shit. I'd love to bring back the slow set. But you can't. It won't work. It just won't work. It just anymore. won't work. Oh, please, name your price. Two grand. What? <laughs> what? I said, if you want me to play the fucking Hucklebuck and Joy Bonnie, give me 2,000 euros and I'll do it. This is Word for Word and this is the title of the book when we release it for the DJ stories. If I take off my brow, will you mind if I Back Chat with Maria McCann. You're welcome into this special edition of Back Chat. I have two DJs in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, thing you've ever did. Put your hands up. <laughs> I have John Keane and Racy. John, you don't have any fancy ass DJ name, do you? No, I never have. Everybody says that to me. What's your DJ name? Uh, uh, John. John. <laughs> I didn't know I had to come up with one. You know, um, Angler Smith. I don't know. No, I just, I never had one. You should yeah. come up, we'd have to come up with one for it. Yeah, I, I put, I, for some strange reason, I don't know why, when, when you know when Facebook came out first, there was one of the, the guys I said, look, set me up with a page because I'm just useless, useless on social media. And, um, oh yeah, just put down JK on it. But he spelled it J-Y-K-Y. <laughs> and now everybody still refers, oh, well, J. It's not J, it's John. Like, you know, what was your DJ name? No, it's just JK was always my initials. Like, you know, so that was it. Well, yeah, well, I would have always called you JK. Oh, yeah, JK, but not as a DJ name, just as no, JK. Just, like, yeah. Yeah. I used to always say JK on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Baby J. <laughs> and Ray C, of course, is just to see as you. The C is me. Yeah. I used to, back when I started, I was called Coco as a DJ, because that was my nickname growing mm. up. And thankfully, <laughs> that was grown out of me. But some people still know call me Coco. Or people come up and say Coco. I said, you're not old enough to call me Coco. You don't know me that long. <laughs> I might know your father and your mother, but yeah. <laughs> don't call me Coco, you know? I, but yeah, Ray C is just because Coakley is too long and mm. spell and pronounce. So just C. It's not get into this debate. It's for another. Ne- you'd never get if you were called yourself Ray Coakley and it was on advertised. Nobody would ever know oh, what, totally, who your yeah. name was. Because I I, so I'm like you, John. I thought like, huh? Who's Kalkach. that? Who's this bloke who wants to be friends with me on Facebook? I don't know. Who's who this Ray fella? You know? I, I had to ring somewhere in Cork, Essie, for an appointment, and they said uh, I was giving out the, the name. You know, and she said to me, "I thought she said Coakley." I said, "I did." I said, that's, you've up the country by any chance, right? I said, just because the Cork people can't spell it right, I said to her, I what she was impressed. <laughs> Question you about your own surname, though, in that's fairness. It. That took balls. Can you remember your first gig, John, where you were a DJ? Oh, I do, actually. Um, it was in, uh, was it Katie? It was in Katie Riley's. Wow. That'll tell you longer. That's the halfway house, or as people now know, it's the place that's closed halfway out the Tremor Road, unfortunately. Yeah, Katie Riley's, and it was a nurse's ball. Back, this would have been 1992, 1991, 1992, thereabouts with, do you remember Darren O'Sullivan? Yes, Our old friend, God rest him. And um, I had to start off the disco for him because he was working in Fat Sam's, which is now where Ray and myself are in Sinnets. 
and uh, I had to start off the gig and they were all very quiet and tame and sober okay. um, and after a couple of hours they weren't so quiet, tame and sober and Darren came in and said look you keep playing the music and I do the party games with them um, of which I'm not even going to go into here because <laughs> I know some of them now and I look and they have children and they can go I remember what you did that night <laughs> yeah it was it was out there with Katie Riley's and it was it was a lot of fun but it was, were you nervous then? oh petrified Petrified. The same when I went on radio the first time. I couldn't. I couldn't talk for about five hours. And there was that. You know the overnight. Remember yeah. we had the overnights, two to seven. I think all my links were. Um, that was this is and coming up next we have. And I did. I was so nervous. It was unbelievable. Proper talking on a microphone is petrifying. But I think. I think I went after about six months. Of, you know, you just have to get on mm. with it. But it was. Um, I was horrible at the start. Did you, you have all your gear and stuff, or were you kind of tagging with someone, kind of watching them, or? A mentor to Darren, or what way was it for you? Was it just something you wanted to do at the time? No, I think I, I tried to get into in school. Right. I tried to get into school. They had a school radio at lunchtime, and they wouldn't leave me. Christy Bourne, I know who you are. <laughs> Christy wouldn't leave. <laughs> Christy wouldn't leave me on it, and um, I, but they had that, and they always kind of liked it. But uh, you see, I was a huge fan of radio. Um, I could tell you back in the late eighties mid to late 80s into the early 90s the exact schedule of who was on when they were on on 2FM for some reason and also ABC and WLR I was just a huge fan of radio and a huge fan of music I remember buying remember your first record you bought I do mine was uh, mine was um, oh 19 Paul Harcastle <laughs> yeah I mentioned mine you know, go on. You have you to remember, know since I said. Can you remember your first gig and then we'll torture your first <laughs> Yes, I can. Uh, my first gig was in the Junction Bar, which is where Mason's is now, um, part of Club LA. They had a late bar downstairs. And it was a Heineken promotion, a rugby Heineken promotion on Tuesday night. Um, that was my first gig, but before but before that, I was, kind of, I was doing the lights in the nightclub. And that's how I kind of learned how to DJ, you know, watching mm-hmm. the likes of Stephen D and Kev's Power Play and Paul Power Play. Um... When I was doing the lights, I used to, the money I used to make from the lights, I had a full-time job, so the money I was making from the lights, I'd go in and buy records and CD singles in, in BPM records and cage discs or whatever it was at the time, and go into the club early that night and just learn how to put them onto record players and CD players and whatever else. And the, the manager of the club said, if you do a gig for me, I was like, yeah. So what is it? It's a Heineken promotion, choose night, piece of piss, no problem. Downstairs, People buy points, you give you a tick if they win, you give them a prize and say, well done. I was like, that's grand. I think I got £25 for it. I thought it was the best thing ever, <laughs> you know. But that was my first gig. And I, I was nervous, but he did come up to me at the end of the night and said, that was very good, you know. And I think it was just because I used to spend so much time in the club two or three hours before a club opens, just learning how to put songs together and not exactly mixing them, but making sure they're the right style or tempos or whatever the case may be. But yeah. It must have been different back then, though, because you would have had to bring everything with you in cases did you like records and stuff he still does <laughs> Do you this lunatic does a vinyl gig on Tories and I'm sitting at home going is he really hauling record players and, and, and boxes of records oh it's unbelievable no back back then all, all, all the places had their own record decks and there was no CD players uh, back in the early 90s the CD players didn't come in until late in the 90s but um the, the decks were there so you had to bring in your, your headphones your microphone and your records so you had your 12 inches your albums and your 7 inches and the 7 inches I'd have two of them you know the freezer compartments yeah, or not, you know the, as they come the crispers in the fridge mm. those things I had two of those full, filled with uh, 7 inches and then two bags I don't know what I used to I think crates remember the old milk yeah, crates yeah milk crates milk crates with, with records in them we used to carry these around I don't know what my back is in bits like <laughs> but we did that for years I mean years and then you'd ro- walk into a gig with your records, with your with your headphones and stuff. I think the first place that I started using CDs was Preachers. 
it? And it was Shay Searson's uh, honeymoon. He said, "We did do preach for me." I said, "Yeah, but I said um, all I have is records." I had to get a loan of CDs of him. That's 1995 <laughs> when you think about it. Yeah. And then it all went digital. And now, sure, look, I mean, it's... I mean, it's USB keys now and pop them into decks and away you go. But it's the same. The Club LA have... Club LA was one of the first in the town, I think, with the Pioneer brand CD decks. And these things are like, holy God, look at these. So I kind of learned both at the start. You know, that was mm. about 94, 95 it was. And... Um, as I was spending my money on records and stuff, I realised, well, a record is going to cost me £10 and I'm going to get one song on it, right? Or one remix of a particular song. But if you go to BPM Records, for maybe £8, you could buy a German import mega maxi CD and it could be the same song with 12 remixes. Now, nine of them could be shit, like really bad, you'll never play it, but there could be two or three remixes, even 11. <laughs> but you, you feel you're getting your money's worth by buying it. So I just kind of stopped buying vinyl and just kept buying CDs because mm. it was just easier. You buy a CD pouch, you come in, you know, instead of, as John said, a crate might have 30 albums yeah. in it. A ninth of that size could have 100 albums with a 1,000 songs between the 100 albums, you know? So it's like, it just made sense to me. <laughs> and my back is fine. <laughs> he said smugly. <laughs> but how much of it is down to the DJs to make the night? I mean, if, if it's my, if I'm paying you, do I get to decide the music? Or are you go, are you guys going, I know how to do this because I'm going to have all your guests up dancing. They're going to love it because this is what I do. Can I, can I start with this one? Go. There's so many different types of DJs in the world. Right, and the DJ you're talking about is someone that's a, what I would class as a mobile DJ. His job is to go and do weddings and go do parties and go 21st. I don't, as in 20 something years I've DJed, I've done four. Uh, two of them for gays, uh, one was for my best friend, and one's for my best friend's granddaughter or goddaughter. And that's the only reason I've done them because uh, I knew them. And the gay ones are the best ones ever because you're playing disco all night and you're playing a bit of house <laughs> music. and they know that you're going to do the right jobs. That's what they, they want because they're they friends of mine and they, yeah, know, yeah. they do really appreciate, they appreciate the, music. the music. But um, if you were hiring me to do a gig, I, this is, I'll tell you a fact. Uh, someone asked me to do a wedding. I was like, no. Oh, please name your price. Two grand. What? <laughs> what? I said, if you want me to play the fucking huckabuck and Joy Bunny, give me 2,000 euros and I'll do it. And they go, oh, oh. And you see, and, and, that's just my way without kind of going to a long winded story to explain to these people why I don't do them you know first I don't have big PA systems and lights that's an extra cost onto my fee to go and do it so like I do you do them? very very, very rarely relatives and close friends mm. yeah you know I'd rather know like I've done a few years ago Cliffy out in on the strand said can I play on some Sunday afternoon he was like yeah I said what money I just want to play sun out and leave me alone and he was like yeah I remember it was a bank holiday Sunday and the weather was really bad and then I went in and done the bank holiday Monday I think I started at 2 and I finished at 10 no one came near me asking for a request I just kind of it was for me to set the scene with the sun up and the sun down the people around to play a bit of everything I just loved it but mm -hmm. you know I just couldn't go in and do a wedding or a, a funeral <laughs> or a bar mitzvah or a christening or anything it's just I did them at the start. Yeah. When I started off, that's all I did. I was I was the mobile DJ. And I think my first residency, and you're going to love this one, was uh, was out in Dunmore East in the Fisherman's Hall. Brilliant. Every Wednesday and Friday. Lead the Teen Discos. Yeah, the Teenage Discos. You, you show yeah. something. You probably, uh, you probably done one when I was that one. Oh. I was too old to be at them. <laughs> they were the best ever. And it was a setup. And when I think about it, I used to have to hold the desk because then it was still vinyl. You're talking 93, 94. And you'd have um, you'd have a teen and a preteen disco. So the preteen disco would start at 
seven o'clock until half past eight. Jeez, that and wouldn't then, have been fun. And then the teen disco was nine. The, the thing about it is, it was fun because all you wanted to do was dance. And they had great, you know, and back then, I just, all I wanted to do was DJ. Mm. And then you had the teen disco, which was kind of, it was cool to be involved with that one because I was only maybe, uh, you know, four or five years older than they, they were yeah. at the time, where now a teen disco is like, forget about it. <laughs> it just doesn't work. <laughs> but um, did all that, but th- th- there is, as Ray said, there's so many different types of DJs. But you see, sometimes it depends. If you're working in a place, the music policy will be the music policy. And you're either going with that or you're not going with it. Well, the likes of uh, most of the residences I've been in, <clears throat> they've hired me because they've heard me and they know what I want to do. Like, I don't mind playing commercial music, you know. Like, if you had to ask me straight down the middle, what's my favourite type of music? I'd probably say it's kind of soul funk disco, mm. personally. I love house music, I love hip hop, you know, but like the likes of, say, a Sinnets or. Um, I think it's different though now than the 90s, what you were saying with the kids' discos, <clears throat> is because in the 90s, 90% of the music that was out was deadly regardless of if it was hip-hop or dance music, you know, and even now, the 90s, you still play the 90s in the clubs and it goes down well, but there's not as much recurrently good, solid music out now. You know, it's really cookie-cutter. It's kind of, it's in, it's out. Rihanna's a song out every time she goes to the Jacks, like, <laughs> you know, and that's it's just the way it is. It's just, the, it's just the way the culture of music is. But back in the 90s, I think that was the last best decade yeah. of music. The 80s was fantastic as well, but, you know, the noughties was okay. It was very hit and miss. But um, doing a gig today, like, we are talking before you started recording, but la- just last night, there was a party of uh, females in last night, and it was one of their birthdays, and um, they came in, I, I had come in, and they were already there having a few drinks, and they asked me for Despacito, right, the big song of the summer, right? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm the same. It gives me shivers just to even mention it. But because they've been there before I was there, I said, right, there's no one in the place. It's really quiet. I said, I'll play it for you. <clears throat> so I played it for them. Literally five minutes later, can you play it again? And I, I just, I looked and went, No! <laughs> No, and she was very disgusted. I was like, I always do this. If you have a problem, see that guy in the suit? There's the manager. I'm here to do a job. I'm not here to play the songs and you tell me to play them. And I think I think Sinners like that. <laughs> you know, some of the managers don't, but most of them do because I'm like, oh no, like I'm not here to, I'm here to play music and entertain people. I think that's what a DJ is, regardless if you're a party DJ or like us, you know, club DJs, pub DJs, or if you're even a house DJ, it's your job. You're a puppeteer. You're a puppet master. It's your mm-hmm. job to bring them on a journey. Yeah. Okay, you have to play the the shite music like Despacito and stuff because that's what they're into. But you get away with playing a few your own kind of tunes mixed in as well if you do it right, mm-hmm. don't you? Oh yeah, you, know, you have just, to. You have to be able to do it because if you don't, I mean, there's no point in having you there in the first place. You know, they may as well just, uh, you know, have it all preset and done. But I mean, there's certain there's certain songs that you, you know, I'll often take a, a risk, as I call it every now and again. I know it's brilliant. I love the music. And I go, this might clear the floor. And I say, but you know what? If it doesn't clear the floor, it you know, all the better for it. Like. But um, there's, I mean, they come up with their own rules, don't they? Yeah. You know, they come up with the punters come up with their rules. And 99% of the time, they're great crack. They last for a song. And you'll say, look, I'll try and get it for you. And really what they want is just when you say hello to whoever's mm. birthday it is or whatever, whatever it might be. Um, but you'll get the people who will come up and you know these and any other DJ listening will know exactly what we're talking about is that uh, will you play it? Um, will you play it next? You play, you're playing it now and you've just asked me and I'm not, you know, they might ask for a hip hop song or they might ask for a dance song. They might be playing something completely different. Um, but you play it next and I say, no, it'll be on the way in about maybe 15, 20 minutes, which is a reasonable enough oh, wait absolutely, time. absolutely, yeah. But, but I'm going home shortly. <laughs> and you go, 
it's 20 past 11. We, I've literally started 20 minutes ago. Oh, yeah, we're going home shortly. And the same people you see at two o'clock in the morning. Like, the you know, horrors, loving the tunes. Loving the tunes. There's loads of different things that happen. And like, <laughs> there is a top 10 list out there, isn't there? Of things not to say to DJs, yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> it's fun. It's kind of tongue in cheek. But I mean, the stuff that you hear and the requests that you get. And then if somebody says, oh, but I didn't hear the song. But I played Despacito for you 10 minutes ago. It, the whole place erupted, you know, even because people mm. love it. They don't hear it as often as we hear it. That's the problem. It's the same as working on the radio. Yeah. You know, you hear songs, oh, God, I'm sick of that song. But, you know, listeners don't hear it the same way. Mm. So that's fine. We get it. Like, But you can't play it. Like, I mean, at this stage, Despacito when it came out first, because the whole town was looking for it, the whole country was looking for it. You might play it early in the night and you might play it later on in the night. Now it's once a night. And please God, and another while gone completely. <laughs> But they want you to play it every 20 but minutes. I think you have to choose when to play something like that. Yeah. Because last night, I, as I said, I played the very start of the night when there was absolutely nobody there just for that gang of people who were in there drinking mm. for the last day or two. Just because they were just sitting there listening to the background music, I wanted to give them something mm. to buzz off or something. Mm-hmm. Buy more drinks. And I played it then again at about 20 past one, I'd say, last night. And literally 10 minutes later, Gareth came up to me, uh, just walked into our mates, buzzing to be in the disco now before they go home, you know, to be wherever they were. Will you play Despacito? I've played it. Will you play French Montana? I've played it. Oh, Jesus Christ. I was like, did you just arrive? Yeah. Did you hear those songs where you were last? Yeah. Well then. I just, I just turned around and walked away. But you know what they expect? We're here now. We're here now. Play all my favourite songs. Despacito four times in a row followed by this, followed by that. But that's what they want. And they're like, you're sitting there and going, fuck, I want to punch one of these fuckers in the face. <laughs> but you are like I know you kind of obviously well restraint is great for it DJs have great restraint in fairness you must have to have the patience you know a saint though oh my most recent favourite story is DJ and this definitely opened the book for us I think right yeah go on uh, Rihanna's work was just out literally I mean Beat only started playing it right so it wasn't it was you know how fresh mm. they are when they play their music so obviously all the kids are in, oh, I play this, play this, play this. And it was very early in the night. And I had it. Uh, a girl I know, her friend, it was her birthday. And she played work. And I was like, I don't really want to play it because I don't think it's going to be as big as you think it is because you love it. It's literally only out since yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want a chance with the crowd being full. And it was, it was a, there was a big vibe going at the time, you know, in, in, in the disco. So I was like, oh, maybe later on, or I'll play a different Rihanna song for you. So she was hanging back and forth for ages and her friend who went, oh, please, Ray, please, Ray. It's like, I don't want to play. And I explained what I just said to you. And uh, I said, I played another Rihanna song for her. I said, okay, great. So I played whatever it was, right? And sure, she was on the floor giving a load. She loved it, the best thing ever. And she shagged off for about 20 minutes and she came back again. And she's up and she's even more drunk. Please play work, please play work, please play work. I said, no, I have it on my phone, which you don't say to a DJ ever. Here's my phone, play it off my phone, you know? Or can you look it up on YouTube? I'm like, no, I cannot look it up on YouTube. So. She was there, she was good five, ten minutes. I'm trying to get songs on and other people are asking me questions. I was like, I was like, get your phone. Really, really, really? I was like, oh, my phone is shit. And she said to a mutual friend, Donna, Donna, give me your phone. So Donna was like, okay, great. She get up on her phone. So as she was doing that, I was over. I was looking for something in my CD pouch. Did you get it? She said, yeah. So I handed her a set of headphones. I said, now fuck out the smoker when you listen to it. And her friend, her friend, my our mutual friend, Bars herself laughing, the poor girl didn't know where to put her face, and I was like, <coughs> You're annoying me now. I've been nice, I told you I wasn't gonna play it, I played another Rihanna song. True story. It's unbelievable. True story. I mean the stuff like I mean I, you know the title, we have the title for the book. 
No, he didn't tell me. I this didn't yet. tell you the title for the book because you know as long as long as I'm gigging, you'll be the same. Like people come up to you, will you mind me bag? Can't really mind you. You know, you can't mind people's bags. Not mm. this day. But before, if you knew somebody, say, yeah, just throw in your bag there. Like, oh, you mind my jacket? No, I'm sorry. There's a cloakroom there. And it's for the reason that if anything happens to the jacket, you're to blame. Yeah. So we have enough to be doing. Yeah. You know. So this goes on. And <clears throat> year in, year out, you get it. You know, would you mind this? Or somebody might come off and they'll have their flat shoes. And they say, would you mind my shoes there? Like, oh, yeah. And it goes on and on and on. And about, it was spree weekend. It was the night, um, the, the, the night of the spree weekend. And the band, the, the band had just finished, Canberra Quartet had finished about, I don't know, about half one. I was off for the last hour. And uh, about five minutes into the gig, everybody was, you know, danced for the band. They came out dancing, everybody's in good spirits, great weekend. And a girl came up to me and she said, um, and this is no word of lie, and this is word for word, and this is the title of the book when we release it for the <laughs> DJ stories. If I take off my brow, will you mind it for me? <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, what? <laughs> oh yeah, and she was uh, she was reaching around to take off the clasps because I know where they are now. <laughs> you want? Them. Oh yeah, to take off the clasps, and I said, "Sorry, no." Oh, but it's sticking into me. I said, "No," and then without even thinking, I, you know, I said it first. Then after, I said, "How surreal, John, was that?" And how she, I said, "But the cloakroom is right there. If you want to leave it in there?" And I said. If I take off my brow, what's wrong with you? Like, what happened to your sense of dignity before you went down at seven o'clock tonight and at quarter to two, you're asking the DJ to mind your bra for you? Like, they're just unbelievable. Yeah, they're yeah. just, I mean, and it makes pure sense in their head because I'm uncomfortable, mm. you know. And if I just leave there, I know I won't lose it. Like, we could ask some strange things, like, yeah, but sure do. But only <laughs> 90, 95% of the people don't ask strange things, but the rest of them just. It's just funny. But it's drink related. Well, it is. And you know, I don't want to put it down to everyone that goes out or thick or, or have, have, mm. there's, there's a lot of people go up and asking for something and I'd say, I actually play it. Oh, all right, no problem. There's, do you know what I mean? There there's are, just, there's yeah, a few, people. there's a few regulars in there who go mm. and wreck your head. Like, you yeah. know, there's one girl in last night, she's in regular uh, all the time actually. And she actually quoted you, not quoted you, she mentioned you one night. But she came up and she asked for a song, but she comes up now terrified of me. She comes up and she goes up like this, you know, I'm like, no one can see me, obviously, but she can. Uh, well, Ray, well, can you play this for me? It's like, I can. Okay, and will you play this for me? I can. And what about this? I said, I don't think I have it. And I probably don't. If I say I don't think I have it, I generally don't think I have it. If I, if I have it, I don't want to play it, I'll say no. Mm. Straight away, I'll say no. And uh, But she called a few weeks ago, she asked for something. I said, like, no, no. John Keane played it for me. I said, go see John Keane play then. I said, I don't care. <laughs> you know I mean? But she's in there every week. She, there's a bit of banter. Yeah, she's yeah, lovely, but yeah. she's yeah. terrified. She or in the middle of a set, she'd want that really obscure Prodigy song. I'm like, I would love to play that, but that dance floor will just evacuate, mm. you know, I get looks. Kind of, what the hell is he playing? But, when you get that moment, though, when I'm sure it doesn't happen to you, to very experienced DJs, but maybe it happened in the early days when you put something on and the hop and dance floor, people just start to disperse and you know you've kind of ruined a moment. Do you worry about those choices or did you worry about those choices when you were learning? I've often dreamt about it. Do you ever have those dreams where you, you, nothing works for you? Nothing works for, you know, the, the cell won't play or your summer and the record is about to run out, the CD is about to run out, whatever it is. I've had those, but very recently that has happened. And it's at one of those friends' weddings that I said I'd do. And the reason I said, and honest to God, the reason I said I'd do is because she said to me, oh, she had a DJ for it, but she couldn't afford him. She, he was charging her extortionate amount of money. And I said, I said, but what time are you having the wedding? Oh, after band, maybe for an hour and a half. And I said, look, I said, I'll do it for you. 
because and you know I, I just did it because it was her and it was a night I wasn't working and um, I said look I said no problem I said that you can't pay that kind of money should I haven't half her honeymoon pay if that makes sense yeah, it was crazy man. Yeah, some of it, yeah. you know somebody there, there's people out there taking the mick like you know and that happened the opposite happened years ago when you had a lot of bedroom DJs we call them who came in they undercut you they undercut you in price and you know, we, you know mm. they, they were just but anyway that's the difference <coughs> but what happened was uh, having a great night the band finished having a great night at the wedding and just playing a few part tunes and nothing she actually said nothing cheesy and I said absolutely no problem she wanted a bit of chart music she wanted actually some dance music from the 90s and that was the age group of the of the, the, the whole wedding like so uh, this guy comes up to me and he's, he's in he's one of the groomsmen and he said have you got um, the Pogues on not Sally McEnan Fiesta from the Pogues oh, yeah. and I knew straight away the minute he said it no this is just not going to work here like mm. And I said to him, I said, I'd do what I always say. I'd see if I can dig it out for you because I was being polite because he was a groomsman. And five minutes later, he went, well, did you find that? And I said, oh, so there's still no look like thinking that he might go off and just have it, you know, another bit of a forget dance and forget it. about it. And this went on for about 25, 30 minutes. And I only had another 40 minutes left to go. So I said, oh, look, I said, because he's the groomsman, I'd want him giving out. And I said, it's only going to take me three and a half minutes. So I requested it specifically for him. Because I asked him, what's your name? So I can say it for, you know, whatever. Blame him. And, and I yeah. blame him. <laughs> and I played it. And I'm not joking. It, it was like the parting of the Red Sea. They just all left the floor and he stood on the floor. He was dancing away. Next when he looked around, everybody was gone. He was there. And I just picked up the microphone and said, well, you did ask for it. And I had something else ready to go for it. And I put on, and it came back out again. Thank God. But it just, and you know a sound that's just going to clear the floor and because there's nothing you can do with it. And, and some songs surprise you. Yeah. I never thought of, because uh, I would do that. Like if I was on a dance floor and something comes on that I don't like, I just go. And I never thought of the poor DJ at the top of the room who's going like, my choices aren't valid. I never considered that you might be thinking, I've made a balls of the night now because I played that. I, I was booked um, for a 90s set. I was like, yeah, grand, no problem, I'll do it. And I did it. And I was at the gig and nobody on the dance floor all night. Now, everybody around the surrounding areas were dancing, having a crack, mm. but no one's on the dance floor. And I knew after the first 20 minutes, this can't be a 90s night because the crowd isn't right for it. You know, and I was like, this, I, I, I should have took the liberty of playing Despacito. And playing because I know like it would get the party going or whatever song of just was in nineties night and that kills me sometimes when you're hired to do something and sometimes they think it's the right thing and you don't have the balls which I should have had to just change it up and take the take the blow afterwards mm. to say why did you do that I said well I want your punters to be happy and everything else so. But uh, last night this, my de- my laptop had a fart attack last night and just stopped. Oh no. Yeah, now it was very early in the night, but it was like in the middle of a song and everything stopped moving on the screen and the song was playing. It was like, it's about to die, it's about to die. And I shouted down to Darren, back on the house system, and I just had to reboot. Now it wasn't really, it was like before 12 yeah. o'clock last night, so it wasn't super busy at the time, so it was grand. But um, you still get that moment where it's, you know, things don't go right. Yeah. But I do sometimes as well is refresh, refresh the whole night. Like I could be, we could be doing something then. You could play a few club tunes, whatever, and the place is rocking, rocking, rocking. But like, you know, if you keep going, they're not going to make till half two at that energy at mm. half twelve or one o'clock. So I, I change it. I change the style, or I might do a quick link into someone's birthday request and play something completely different, just to change the complete tempo from like dance maybe to hip hop or a bit yeah. of indie, 
<clears throat> and use someone's fake birthday request as, yeah. the, as a changer. <laughs> just so people, I don't mind the dance for emptying because some people will stay on it. It just won't mm. be as crazy as it was. Mm. And, you know, at least we can go have a refreshing drink or have a smoke, whatever they want to do and build them back up again. Because sometimes if it's busy early and you peak them too early, you're kind of going, shit, you know, they're not going to make it half two now. And you just know they won't, mm. you know, you know the crowd like. Do you know what was a, gr- what was a great reset? And I don't know if you ever did, I, I'm just not sure. Was the slow set. Yeah. The slow set back, like I remember when I started first, there was two slow sets. And just before I started... Do they even exist anymore? Because I never no. go anywhere. No, it's... And, and you know something? It, it's 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 what I call like the, the social media aspect of, uh, the, you know, the social media aspect of going out in the night and because, you know, people are on their phone. With a slow set, you can actually, you know, pluck up the courage and say, uh, would you like to go for a dance? You know, and, and you know... 75% of time it was uh, no but the other 25% 25% time you were just you know you were god like yeah mm. yeah love a dance and you get a shift you do the whole lot and uh, like the slow set there was two slow I remember the bridge hotel on a Friday night would be jammers this before I was uh, gigging but when we used to go out like 17 uh, 18 thereabouts you know what I mean? <coughs> 18, but, you know, 18. <laughs> and uh, going to the bridge hotel into Breen's on a Friday night and you'd have a slow set around shortly after 12 because that stage, people weren't waiting to go out at midnight. They were the queuing at 10. They were queuing at 10 o'clock. Yeah. And the place was busy at half 10 because you had to get in there. And then you'd have a slow set then around 12 And then you'd have another slow set around just shortly after 1. Because I think then it used to finish at half 1 or quarter to 2. I'm not sure. Um, and people were telling me they actually used to finish off with Shatem some nights. as a, as a, That was the end mm-hmm. of the night song. And what it was <clears> is it gave the DJ firstly. When I used to doing it, then you'd have your, your slow set. Uh, it gave you a break. Right, okay, I can play maybe three or four slow songs here. They'll go for a bit of a dance and then I'll come back and then with whatever the big song is at the minute. Like, It's gone now. Mm. You might get away with a song that's of a slower thing, but it's a song that they sing along to. Um, like, I think, what was the, like, I'm yours. Uh, Jason Mraz. I'm yours. They would sing, even though it's a slow song, if you, that was to come out back in the 90s, it would be a slow song. Whereas now they sing along to it, top of their voice. Um, but, that's that for me I'd love to bring back the slow set but you can't it won't work it just won't work it just anymore won't work. because it was a great reset for the night if you're halfway through the night and you had three or four slow songs they go out and dance other people go to the bar out for the smoke uh, whatever they had to do or just chat and then when that was done the 10 or 12 minutes that it took to do the slow set they're all pulling to get back out again and it's gone <laughs> it's a pity it's a lost kind of in a way it's a kind of a lost Mm. Not a not lost art, but it's kind of a lost kind of thing that was there. That was it was just a bit of fun to do, but mm. you knew when it was finished, it was boom straight back into a great night. Stephen D used to do in club late years when I was starting out for us. I used to do the lights for him. It could have been a Tuesday or student night, Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever it was, and um, he'd put on a slow set, but he picked the records for me, let me play them. This is a very very start like, but then on I was like, okay, so you can go off and just have a pint and chat to people, you know, and give him. Yeah. Get, get him out of his own for a few minutes to refresh his head as you yeah. said yeah. go back in and know what songs am I going to get in get them all going again I think so, yeah. Stephen D was a legend that's oh, poor Stephen yeah what a legend what about people who come up to you and say I don't know the name of the song I don't know who sings it it's a sound like this da 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 I know it do you yeah I don't have it oh okay every night Maria <laughs> <laughs> it's every night or they write down da 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 on a page I'm like and then they say to you but you must know it 
But you must not. I mean, you're a DJ. It was on the radio today, I said. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That narrows it down. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it much easier. There, there's a thing on Facebook where it's a, a, a yapping dog just going, you know, the one. Yep, 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 yep. You know, this is what you sound like when you're trying to talk to the DJ. Like, you know? <laughs> I don't understand what you're saying. I don't understand. And it's not be- it's because you're drunk. <laughs> or you're just too excited. It's just Or they give you the uh, they give you a lyric of the song thinking that's the name of the song. Mm-hmm. Or I can't think of my top of my head now, but you get that a lot of time. We got this and I was like, I don't know that song. You do, you do, you do. I don't. It's like you do, it's big in the charts at the moment. Go off and ask your friends to come back to me and they come back and go, Oh yeah, well it's actually Despacito. <laughs> they <don't, laughs> they wouldn't have a clue of the name of the song, but they don't remember a word or a part of it and think that's the name of the song. <laughs> It's, it's incredible there's, there's a ton of stuff there's a, there's a ton of stuff that people do but do you know what I do love and it, do, it when it happens it's not it doesn't happen often. I love when somebody appreciates something oh yeah because you get some kick out of it because it makes what's a great night even better again mm. If so, even if somebody comes up to you and it's I, I never expect it because you just go in you do your gig and you go home and somebody might come up to you and they'll, they'll fist bump you like yeah and they go and they just go and they go fist and they go oh and it's a great song you know it might be just for one song somebody came up to you know they um <clears throat> The Carl Cox on Calyp- the Calypso that he always plays. Yeah. Those other somebody came out to me gigging down in Wexford in, in um, playing plug stores. But uh, when I'm down there, uh, the, she came up and she said, uh, "Would you have? Would you mind if I asked for a song?" I said, "No, oh, I said pork way." I said, "If I have it, I'll play it for you." Like, it's a bit dancing. I said, "Not a problem." I said, "You know," I said, "That's not a problem." I'm playing dance, playing a bit of house. Uh, it's Calypso, and I said the Carl Cox tune. Like that, because he was finished. It was just last year when he did his last gig yeah. in space. And uh, this is the big one he dedicated to his sister. And it's a great song. In the middle of it, it just really stops all. It's just these kind of, it's just like that steel drum, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, drums. Yeah, and, and it's a great piece of music. But it's it's very, you know, it's not your ma- mainstream type of song mm. that you play, you know. You won't hear in the stores regular. No, no, not very regular. Actually, because Darren Rice said to me, I can't believe you play Calypso. My God, what's the world going to? <laughs> I said, I know, I know. I'm down with the kids. <laughs> but she came on and she said, I can't believe you played that. And I said, oh, it's no bother. I said, you know, and... Uh, I said, thanks so much. Like, you know, I'm just after coming home from Ibiza and I heard it over there and I said, yeah, yeah. I said, no bother. I said, glad you enjoyed it. And that's the thing that gets me sometimes. Like, I love going to clubs when I'm away on holidays. I love going, I love Ibiza. I just love Cafe Mambo. I love all that kind of area. I love all the clubs. And I watch people. I kind of, I love people watching. And I watch people, you know, when they go to these places and they play all the new dance music, whoever might be on. There's a guy, I don't know if you know him, Eric Hagleton. He does a lot of stuff, Bob Sinclair or Clara, whatever you know, but he does this Paris and this guy got talking to him a couple of years ago. Kind of buddies over and back on Facebook and when I get a chance to go over there, we hook up like, you know. Um, but this guy does the pre-parties for Pasha right. in Cafe Mambo and then he'll go over to Pasha and he'll do that in the morning, you know, just the other side of the island and he'll do that from five to seven in the morning or something, whatever. So uh, I was watching one night and um, he was he was playing all new stuff and people were dancing you know outside queuing up watching it and they have a, a video feed of the DJ inside the box or whoever it might be there and I said to myself these people have now been dancing for two and a half hours and if I was to play music for two and a half hours with that constant tempo which I love house music I absolutely love house music and deep house music if 20 minutes they'll be gone oh, to- they're, if, they're if gone 20 off the floor minutes. if even you get 20 minutes they're gone off the floor because oh, you know, and they'll ask you for it or oh, will you not plan Destiny or oh, will you not plan Dead Journey or something like that in the middle of it and you're kind of going but it's it's amazing to see when people go on holidays they just accept it 
for what it is and I do as well mm. I accept it that when I go to a club if I'm on holidays if I'm in Ibiza wherever it might be especially those places you say well this is the music they're playing and I'm not going up to ask him for anything different because I'm not even going up to ask him yeah. I mean I've never asked the DJ to play something like I might have taken a mic or something but it's you come back and you say oh yeah right I'm going to try that now and I'm going to drop in a song they dropped in a 90 song I think they dropped in um, Man with the Red Face right right. this is a great song and you know brilliant saxophone solo and the whole lot and I played when I came back and people just <laughs> What's that shit like? <laughs> well, I see. It's it's um. There's a divide in Waterford, which I think is a very good thing. It's back around again. If it hasn't gone anywhere. It just it was a bit of a lull. The house scene in Waterford is fantastic at the moment. Um, back in the nineties, you had the likes of the Metroland and all those in their club nights. And, uh, it was a diff. The nineties and now they're kind of the same. If, if if this is going to make sense, because you had a dance culture and you had a disco culture, like mm-hmm. a a Breen's culture, a pop culture, like a you know, commercial dance club. Um, and now you have pretty much the same again. You have your house nights, which is thriving at the moment. Uh, Project and Warford Republic lads do gigs there. And they bring in all these really fantastic DJs that play, like John was saying, constant mm. house music, mm-hmm. that don't get requests. And there's loads of kids going to it, which is great. But you have kids then, I don't want to say kids. I'm, can I say kids? I'm old, so kids. they are kids to me. 18 kids, your kids. Um, it's good. So you have, your, you have your disco bars that play then, like, you know, all the, the pop radio, culture. pop culture stuff. There's a lot of music that's in today's modern chart music that's got a really proper house beat to it that you can play. You get away with playing, but um, I don't think... It'd be a case if, like, I don't know, I couldn't play three or four of those in a row and have the crowd staying on the dance floor, like you were saying, you know, mm-hmm. like, even though they were commercial ones, <clears throat> or throwing a curveball, kind of a house tune that I know it sounds good, and, mm-hmm. you know, but just doesn't work. So the, the, there is a massive divide, I think, at the moment. You're either into your house music or you're into your everything commercial is. dance and everything else music. Uh, there's no in between at the moment, you know. When you, when you do come across other DJs, do you kind of sidle up and... You know, have a, a look, see what equipment they have, or you know, I'm in the business too. Oh, like, God, I know no. this. No, no, or you just avoid. I know. I, I, no. Do you know? I'll stay quiet. No, I won't. No, because the town, is too, the town is too. The town is too small for the last story I'm about to tell. Way too small. Way well, too it small. happened in Ibiza, didn't no, it? No, it didn't. It happened very recently as well. No, you will get people coming up to you saying, "Yeah, I, I, I DJ myself," and they yeah. kind of go, "That's grand," you know. Off you go. Mm. Whatever Give us a go, I'm a DJ. I'm like, there's a there's a there's a, a a group on Facebook called DJs in Ireland. It's a private group, but it's DJs from every type of like Phil Cawley's on the page with us. And there's guy, are you on the page? No, 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 no. Almost no, 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 Very good. No. Uh, no, it's it's I've more. It. It's mainly all the double lads having the bands, but yeah, yeah. They, they could be a lot of really professional mobile DJs, and they might be asking about what's the loading like in Warford Castle. How you know? And but there's also crack on and stuff. But the whole. One of the main things all the time is someone comes up to you in the DJ box. I'm a DJ myself, you know, and that's what they ask again. Yeah. Can you give us a go? Can I have a mix? And I'm like, <laughs> fuck off, you know. Or I come up and I say, what are you playing that for? And I'm like, because I have that for it. Oh, I DJ, I wouldn't play that. I said, if you're a DJ, why aren't you playing on Saturday night? That's that's what I always say. If you're such a DJ, why aren't you playing something on a Saturday night? And they just don't answer. You know? I, 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 I've thought of a name for you. You just call yourself DJ Cranky. DJ Bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> and say that though I love I love having an odd Saturday night off every now and again oh I do now oh. I do now because I have the kids and it's nice to have yeah. to go home and 
not do anything and watch TV or if the kids go to bed and I know I'm not showering and getting some music like ready. Because they both have full-time jobs and it's, yeah. it's like it's always late at night. It must take a lot out of your, your home time. Uh, it does. I, I, to be fair, I don't, I used to gig all the time. John does a lot more gigging than I would mm. per week. I do once a week at most, maybe two every second week I do a Sunday night and stuff. But I just... <sighs> I just, I just don't want that anymore. I still love you know, it though. I absolutely love it. Right. I love it. even the, the yeah. cheesy gigs. Like I used to, I used to play house nights in town for for years. Like I had, I've I've DJed in Miami at the the big winter music conference twice. I went to Texas to play at South by Southwest. I've, you know, playing house music, not commercial music. Mm-hmm. On a commercial side, I, I had a residency in Germany for three years for a week long residency where I'd do anything from an eight to a twelve to a fourteen hour gig you know, non-stop mm. uh, in pubs, like for a thing that's called Carnival. And the way I can describe it, it's like Paddy's Day for five days. <laughs> it's just like a million tours come into, into Dusseldorf and they just have a big party basically. Mm. And I've done the commercial stuff there. But I've been to Miami now, DJ there, and it, it's fantastic. And like, I've done loads of things. I've never had a bucket list as such as a DJ. I've just, I've fallen into a lot of gigs that I've like, geez, these are deadly. I've done some shit gigs now as well, obviously, that's really, I can't believe I've done that. But I don't know, I just... I still love going to get a gig, even the commercial gigs. So when you have them in the palm of your hand and you know the next song you're going to play, they're going to wet themselves. And you know, it, you, you just know it yeah. and it happens. And you, it, that's a great buzz. But I'm just getting too old to be staying out until three o'clock in the morning and I have to get up for the kids the next morning. <laughs> Whatever so time. John's out there doing all those gigs. Oh, yeah. yeah, no kids. <laughs> yeah, that's, it. that's the bonus of it, I think, yeah. on your side, you know. Well, but you used to have to be in work early the next day if you're doing midweek. Yeah, if, I, if I'm working, if I'm finished at two or half two, I'm back up seven o'clock the next morning and you know you get the people in work saying how, how are you doing that I, I, you're just conditioned to it at this yeah, stage you're yeah. just conditioned to it that's the way I, I, I'll actually work better off four or five hours sleep when you stop doing that you look back at that and you'd wonder you'll wonder how you how ever you did, did it. it how it kept going you know yeah. I mean when I started when I started seriously gigging um, you know mid 90s like when it became oh this is actually what I'm going to do mm. for, for a living Um and I got the job on the radio and I was I was, I was on the overnights for a couple of years, but the overnight started at two o'clock and I remember gigging from half nine to half one, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday nights. And I'd finish the half one, I'd drive from there, bring the CDs all the way up, up to the house, which wasn't too far away, mm. and then drive back down and start work for two o'clock until seven the next morning. And it's not like, I look back now and say, what were you at? Like, but I mean, that was how you got into it. I mean, mm. that was at the time, getting the overnights in WLR, was like at least I had my foot in the door. Yeah, you know, it was your foot in the door, and I was just and, and I got. I remember God rest him, Billy McCarthy said to me, uh, he said, Are "You available to work this Friday night?" After sending months and months, I think it told his months and months of demo tapes, and he says, "Yeah," I said, uh, "Yeah, I can." He said, "But don't forget," now. he said, "the the the World Cup is on. Ireland are playing in America at four o'clock in the morning. That's the reason when nobody would work. I don't care. I'm not a sports <laughs> person. Let me at it." And that was, you know, that was it. It was a great foot in the door at the time, but I mean, it was there was two or three years there where I don't know. I, I used to see Lisa Monday to Thursday, Monday to Wednesday, and then Thursday to Sunday I was gone. Mm. You know, so I mean, it was it was tough, tough gigging at the start, and it was a lot of pulling and dragging. Then you had mobile, like I said, I did mobile discos, and I had big, huge speakers that I used to have in the back of this blue van. If anybody remembers the blue van, it was an ordinary electricity van with all the rippers, the, the stickers <laughs> taken off the side, and the wheels were painted white. They were sprayed white. It cost me five hundred quid and about two and a half grand to insure. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, this thing was brilliant but it was just a nightmare because the doors would jam at the back and I'd have to try and get all my gear out over the, the seats at the front ah oh, stop there was th- I mean there's there stories that could go on for one of my most 
what the hell am I doing here stories was I was at the time I was always starting DJing I was myself and Stephen D would have pal around a lot and he had a gig in a place called Records of Clan in Wexford right so he said we'd go down early that day and check it all out and see the crack it was his first gig I was like yeah no problem so you know I went down with him in his mini that had no floor in the driver's passenger seat <laughs> and it was like an old Monster Express paper over you're holding down with your feet in the waters and like oh Jesus Christ so anyway we got to this place and we got to this junction in Rackards in Clan right it's called Rackards but Clan is it's literally a crossroads and on one side of the crossroads is someone's house there's a field on one side a field on one side and a farm on the opposite side of the crossroads so squash Stephen Lee said I think we're lost I was like right sure we'll go into the farm and ask him where, where's this place we're going to he's like yeah no problem so we went into the farm and he met this chap he said eh, I'm looking for records of Clan your man said you're it this is it and we're like right we're uh, I'm DJing here tonight um, yeah you're DJing here and he was like what it was actually a barn and as he was talking to us a tractor came along from behind a load of buildings with a dance floor on it and another tractor behind that with a feckin' bar on it. They had cleaned out the barn, completely cleaned out the barn, loaded in a fallout dance floor and a bar on a stage. And they put the nightclub in the barn every Saturday night. And we're sitting there going, this is an absolute piss take. There's a joke something here. And he's like, no, no, this is what we do it every, every week or every second week. And we're like, all right. So they came in their millions. Out <laughs> of the woodwork that night. I was like, this is the best invention ever. And they were rocking it. We're playing all the big songs of the 90s. Like, and not disrespecting farmers, but they were giving it socks. Like, they were <laughs> hell for letter. Like, sculling back points the whole lot. And I sit up on the dance floor. Like, I sit in the DJ box. I like Stephen, like, going, he looking at me going, this is mad. This is the maddest thing I've ever seen in my life, right? So at the end of the night, it was finished about half one, two o'clock. We got in the car and there's people everywhere. I'm like, what the hell is going on? His wife was selling fish and chips out the kitchen window at the house. <laughs> And we're sitting there driving past going, what the, what, what's going on? Is this real? Like, is this absolutely real? And I think now there's a small, like, kind of a, not a village, but there's like, I know there's pubs and stuff there now, but this is way back. Like, and because I remember saying to, saying to Stephen years after, that really happened? He's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Best thing ever. Oh, stop. DJ John Keane and DJ Ray C, thanks very much for joining me on Back Chat. Back Chat with Maria McCann. Thanks for listening. You can find episodes of Backchat at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And you'll find regular updates if you like the Backchat with Maria McCann Facebook page. I'm ready to make my credits count. I'm ready to take classes from a university that will help me build on my experience to prepare me for the future. A university that will make me feel supported, encouraged, and connected. Click this ad or go to online.odu.edu today. I'm ready to make my credits count. I'm ready to take classes from a university that will help me build on my experience to prepare me for the future. A university that will make me feel supported, encouraged, and connected. Click this ad or go to online.odu.edu today.